the past. It used to be a newspaper. The Bob Podcast. Not outclassed. Ones on mass. Getting on my leader right up to the end of the game. The Bob Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Buff Podcast. My name's Mark Isles and I'm the Chief Football Writer of the Bolton News. This is the show for grown-ups with good complexions. And we'll be watching Oppenheimer and Barbie at the cinema with two bags of revels. And on the buff this week, we hear from Will Forrester on his Wanderers game plan. It's friendly chat as the warm-ups at Bamba Bridge and Curzon Ashton are broken down. All this week's transfer gossip goes under the microscope. And the stress levels have increased at Bolton, but why does money inflate expectation? All that, along with the week's headlines from the Bolton News. There's more chats than you can shake a stick at. That's the buff. Both teams in a crisis of confidence. Eddie Bishop's cross from right on the byline. Paul Constance's header flashing past the upright. And then John Kelly, a good ball to Darren Ryan. His pace good, but the shot a little on the wild side. The long cross from Paul Comstiff. Alan Stubbs under pressure. And Darren Ryan's left foot deadly from five yards. Darren Ryan's left foot again prominent, turning Neil Fisher. Legs taken. I think Neil Fisher the only one in real dispute. Comstiff nonchalant rolling the ball from the spot. A tuna lead for Chester. Bolton back in it. McGinley on the near post. Reeves a substitute. 2 1. Wanderers at level 50 minutes from time, thanks to a remarkable absence of defenders in the box. John McGinley unmarked, simple header, two apiece. Chester, though, the closest to the three points. Graham Barrows glancing header, Brannigan grateful for the use of the post. But first, a reminder of our special July flash sale at the Bolton News. You can get four months of subscription for just £4, and that deal runs until Wednesday, July 19th at midnight, just in case you needed exact times. I don't want anybody buying it at 11.59, by the way. Just get it, get it in plenty of time right the way through the transfer window all the way into the season for four quid you can't really moan at that um we've also kicked off our exclusive subscriber podcast stop press bwfc in the 90s uh, we've recorded two fantastic episodes about the last days of phil neal and a special one dedicated to sasa Surchich as well uh, but here's a little taste of the third episode and it's all about the day john mcginley's penalty against preston north end took wanderers out of the old second division his little listen. We, we, we got this penalty, and from where we were, it looked the softest penalty out of all four shouts. Mm. And um, and then that was it. It was just like absolute nerves. You could sort of almost feel the tension. I know it's a cliche, but you, you could just feel it. And um, and the release when he when he put it in the back of the net, you know, it, it's it's not usual for for grown men to be hugging strangers and and dancing around but th- there was a lot of that and people talk these days about limbs but I mean that that was something else that was something else and then it was just a question of holding on for 16 minutes but Preston had never looked likely to score it was more a question of whether we would yeah and um and in the end by by quirk of fate really it was a soft penalty I'm sure um we did it 
Yeah, it was... I'm not sure there's ever been a, a more important penalty as the Paul than, than that one. And um, McGinley, definitely the man for yeah, the job. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, yeah, as, as John was saying, the, the nerves, it was of all the games that I've seen before and, and since, I, I would have to say the, the atmosphere that day, it was strange. It wasn't one where you thought, like a carnival atmosphere, like you get at some games of that magnitude. It was, yeah. it was really tense. You know, you yeah, you could test the nerves. It was, it was strange. And I, I, but as John said, as when John stepped up, you just knew it was going to score because John, he had that, he has that focus, doesn't he, when he plays, and he definitely knows where the back of the net is. And yeah, those shows have been very, very popular with our subscribers so far. There's been plenty and plenty of listens. So if you want to give them a go and get access to all the other stuff that we've done in the past. So that's things with Bruce Riark and Colin Todd, 75 Years of Wanderer, all the From the Press Box stuff that we do, Inside Wanderer's Columns, Big Max Verdicts. There's loads of stuff that only the subscribers can get. Go to theboltonnews.co.uk backslash subscribe or follow the link that's in the podcast notes wherever you're listening to this. And now to introduce a man who's halfway through building a scale replica of Burnham Park out of lollipop sticks. And he would like listeners to send in any of their used ones directly to his house. It's Henry Hewitt. Hi, Mark. Yes, uh, that is what I'm doing. That's my summer project. Um, and, uh, you know, I can't wait until I become a parent so then my uh, child can go to parties and bring loads back. So uh, that will really help. <laughs> That'll help build... Uh, because the problem is, he's building the the supermarket. Yeah, yeah. The, you know the. Uh, it's a tricky, tricky one with lollipop sticks. That travelator at the front at Norma would be really, really tough. Yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah, it's coming together, coming together, but um, it's not quite there yet. Well, we'll get on to being patient about projects in in a bit, probably. But uh, <laughs> nice. shall we? What, shall we what a way to start! What a seg. Brilliant sec. Anyway, let's get moving. Um, James Trafford. Let's talk about James Trafford. He's the man of the week. I mean, he doesn't even play for Bolton Wanderers anymore, but yet um, he uh, he dropped in to see his, his former uh, colleagues. Do we call them teammates? Um, it was brilliant to see him at, at Curzon. You were there. You saw him from afar because you're on the opposite side of the pitch, but uh, nevertheless, it shows you he's still, he's still a wanderer at heart, doesn't it? He is top fan. Uh, people talking about uh, loyalty schemes and all that this week, and uh, he's doing... He's getting some points by going to a friendly away. Fantastic um, return on that segue, by the way. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, it was. I mean, Saturday was it was brilliant for him, wasn't it? And I think every Bolton fan was was proud of him and what he did for England. And uh, and yeah, now he's uh, well. He's gonna. Rumor is he's gonna be uh, a Premier League player next year. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I think he he can do a job in the Premier League. I think. Maybe there are a few people who would go, oh, well, he's only really done it in League One. But uh, I think doing it in the uh, European Under-21 Championships has, uh, has proved that he can do it at a higher level. So I, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how he can do. It bodes well. It bodes well. I'll tell you what, though. I'm uh, coming home from Bamber Bridge on a Saturday evening. It was bucketing down, pouring with rain. And I decided to, uh, to walk up to Lee Weatherspoons. And just as I got in... Uh, looking forward to a to a nice nice pint and a, and a relax. Just as I got in there, England gave away the penalty, and it was up on one of the screens on the wall. So I sort of sidled up to it and uh, I says, "Come on, Traff. 
And then all of a sudden, there were about five or six Bolton fans flanking me on all sides and was, was stood, like, gathered around this uh, this television. And he makes the two saves, jumping up and down. There was beer spilled. There was, uh, there was so many people looking at us like, what on earth are they doing? Um, but it was a, so, the second one was such a fantastic save, wasn't it? It was, yeah. And it, I think he's shown that for us quite a few times, that his reaction saves. And, I mean, let's face it, saving a, a penalty in the last minute of a final, no one would have begrudged him if he ran off at that point and just started celebrating. But, you know, ever the professional, it's it's when the ball goes dead, that's when he uh, he can uh, he can relax and start celebrating. Maybe the England cricket team could take some, uh, you know, take something from that. But, like, uh, I'll have no cricket chat on here. Please. This is where I come to get away from cricket chat. Um, he even said afterwards, actually, Traff, he says, uh, I, first of all, I told everybody I was going to sa- uh, save a penalty this morning, um, which is typical Traff. He definitely will have done that. And then second, <laughs> secondly, the, the I think it was an Italian uh, journalist that had asked him, um, you know, you, you couldn't possibly have, have had a better game. And, and Traff just started saying, well, no, there's no such thing as a perfect game. And, uh, you know, I, I, there was things I could could have done better. I'm like, Traff, just enjoy it, lad. <laughs> if, if, yeah. If you can, if you can be so if you can gloat on anything it's when you have just made those two saves to and you've not conceded a goal in the entire tournament and just lifted the trophy i think you can gloat then it's fine <laughs> yeah it bless him he's uh he you know he's a very humble guy and i think he he's still humble uh you know and and it's like when he signed his contract for city was it last year and he said he's just gonna mm. buy loads of ice cream with it <laughs> Uh, maybe with his new uh, new deal with Burnley, he'll be able to buy himself his own ice cream parlour. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I, I, it was really good to see him. It was really, really good to see him uh, the other day. Uh, looked happy and uh, as well, he as well he might be as well. Um, friendly season is upon us. We've had two. You you watched Curzon, so we'll get onto that in a second. But I'll just drift past Saturday, which. All in all, was not a pleasant experience either. Whether you were watching it or whether you were uh, whether you were playing in it, George Johnson uh, injury obviously clouded the whole day. If you'll forgive the pun, but second half um, was as wet as the uh, wet, wet a game as there's ever been. Basically, I've never seen a, a load of people try and seek cover at a football match just just like they did there. It was ridiculous. Um, I mean, you didn't go, Henry, but did you see just how bad it was? Yeah, I did. I was, I was really. Uh, if I had to choose one of the friendlies to go to, I chose rightly. Um, I've yep. got to say, but uh, yeah, I, uh, I obviously was was keeping up to date on your match day blog and the the George Johnson mm. situation, which we'll talk more about later. Uh, was a, a a very damp start, pardon the mm. pun, to our preseason. Uh, but uh, yeah, then later on, because obviously I weren't, I was keeping you know an eye on it, but I weren't watching it. And I did think the longer the game went on, I thought nil nil. How is it still nil nil? And then I started seeing the videos and the pictures, and I was like, oh, that's why it's nil nil. But it's chucked it down. It was just, it just stopped being a football game. I mean, they didn't play particularly well in the first half. Some things worked. I, I think Josh Dakers Cogley probably comes out of it with the most credits. I think. He looks quite a decent, uh, decent prospect from what we've seen of him first couple of games there. Um, not too much else in the first half, if we're being honest. They had a couple of chances. Linesman was very flag happy. Had one one on one. I think it was Adebayo in the first half, wasn't it? That uh, that should yeah. have gone in. Um, but 
second half, once the rain started going, it was ridiculous. They should have scored a goal, which I mean, it would have been a beautiful one. Um, uh, Bodvarsson header. Again, linesman raising his flag. Um, it seems to be like an automatic response at one stage. I bet they had a dozen offsides. And Randall Williams scored the only goal of the game. I've, <laughs> I mean, you're not, you wouldn't go wild at a friendly as far as celebrations go, but I very... What's more than muted... I need a word that's more than muted, subdued, possibly. Um, yeah, was his was his reaction. Uh, we got our photographer Harry got a picture of him, and I will use air quotes. You know, you can't see them, but celebrating the goal, <laughs> and it just looks, it just looks so somber. <laughs> yeah, uh, very. I think the word I'd use is meh. Meh, exactly. I, I yeah. might actually make a note of that. That might have to be the uh, the artwork for. Uh, <laughs> for this week's podcast. Um, but thankfully, things did improve. There was still a bit of rain about, but uh, it was a much, much nicer evening. And also, I will say, what a pitch at Curzon Ashton. Really well prepared, and it was conducive to really good football. Obviously, that suited Bolton, but fair play to Curzon as well. They tried to play um, and make it an entertaining game. You were there, Henry, as friendly as go. Not a bad little run out. No, it wasn't. Uh, I thought the passing was very good from Bolton. Uh, I mean, you've got to, you know, you've got to understand that it's it's Kurz and Ashton with respect to them, um, and I think they they were happy just sitting off and letting Bolton uh, pass, you know, pass yeah. the ball and then hitting us on the break, which they did when they, they found themselves three on one when we were two 0 after forty seven minutes. But um, you know, I think uh, yeah, the passing was good from Bolton. They weren't many. Miss passes. The only missed passes were sort of balls through trying to get in behind the defence. Uh, but uh, I think it was good. It was good practice for the season because Curzon Ashton kind of he did sit back. Uh, Will Forrester had uh, he had about ten seconds just stood on the ball at one point in the first half. <laughs> um, but uh, I think that's a, that's kind of showing what we're going to have this season is that some teams are going to just let us play, you know, play and, and try and break them down. So that was good. Um, but uh, yeah, lots to lots to be positive about. It was nice to see um, Charles and Adibiejo linking up, and then Bud Varson and Jerome in the second half. So uh, yeah, lots to uh, yeah. It, it was a good. It was nice. It was a nice uh, nice evening, and it didn't rain, so that was good. You don't want to go overboard, obviously. Because it's only a preseason friendly. We know that, um, and it's only because Ashton played at sixty percent. But I think uh, I think. Again, Dave Scogley on that right-hand side. I think he showed up. I think he's obviously got the first goal of the game as well. I think he looks like a really, you know, he's got a lot of pace in him. He's, he looks like a proper athlete, gets up and down. So that's a big plus point for me. I think Kyle Dempsey looked on it on uh, on Tuesday night as well. He looks like he's, he's breaking beyond the strikers a little bit more and, and maybe looking to, to add a couple more goals uh, to the ones that he scored last season. Um, because we know Bolton need more goals from midfield. Maybe Dempsey's uh, taking that by the scruff of the neck a little bit more. And there were, you know, there were a couple of. It was good. I did have my heart in my mouth a little bit when uh, Bod Varson went down in the second half, clutching his ankle because it was a bit of a, a bit of a poor ta- tackle, and uh, he, he screamed in pain. And I thought, oh Christ, not another one. Uh, I'm going to have to stop coming to these friendlies. Thankfully, he got up and he was fine. But. Um, 
I suppose that's the risk you take. I mean, where do you stand with... A, a few people mentioned it after Bamba Bridge, and I suppose it's a, a relevant question, but where do you stand with playing against non-league clubs and risking... Knowing that they haven't got the facilities that Bolton have got and that many clubs around you know, and above them have got, but where do you, where do you stand on playing these games and r- risking these players effectively? Um... I think, you know, I, I think it's all part. I like, I like the games against yeah. the, you know, non-league teams. It's great for local non-league teams. You know, like that will probably be one of Curzon's bigger attendance, uh, attendance. Sorry, I should call them their uh, proper nickname, the Nash. The Nash. That's uh, what it should. It will be one of their bigger, you know, uh, gates of the season. Mm. So yeah, so that's. Uh, I, I quite like it. I, it's one of those things, you know, these players are wanting to impress. You get that. Uh, one or two of them could have even been Bolton fans. You never know. Uh, so they are wanting to to impress and, and uh, that's part of it. You know, you've got to remember these players, they're not as good as ours. So maybe the, the, the tackling won't be as good or it'd be a bit off or they'll be a bit late to second to a challenge. But, um, you know, I think all in all, we... You know, the Johnston one wasn't a tackle, was it? Uh, that you know, he just so we can't blame anyone for that. It, it, his studs got caught in the turf. I, yeah. There, there was a challenge involved, but it wasn't directly. It had had there been a, you know, had the turf been wetter, a bit greasier, both both guys would have just been cleared out with it. it wouldn't wouldn't have been a thing. Unfortunately, George just turned his knee. I don't think there's any finger to be pointed there. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, and they were one and two against Curzon Ashton. But all in all, no, I, I quite like the matches. And I think they're good matches for Bolton to try out the uh, the passing play. You know, when we start playing Salford and then definitely West Brom and Everton, they're going to allow us to just, you know, start passing the ball about. They're going to uh, want to play their game as well. So I think you've got to get a nice balance of them. Mm. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I do like to see a few non-league friendlies. I do like to see a good pitch. I think Curzon will be well worth another look uh, further down the line. Um, I do understand that it's difficult if, if the pitch isn't up to scratch. And we all remember Chorley last season when the grass was really long. And I think he never had a bit of a complaint about it. I think rightly so as well. I think if you're going to have... Uh, a lot of Bolton fans coming in and making all that sort of money, the least you should do is to make sure that the, the pitch is as best as it can possibly be. Um, so, yeah, I think I think you, there's got to be certain provisions there. Um, and, you know, credit to Curzon because they certainly did it. And, 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 and Bamba Bridge as well, you know, the the club itself is is such a nice setup, and they're so friendly people. I do I do hope that uh, uh, that tradition continues as well. It's a nice neck of the woods. Um, and in fact, I'd go as far as to say actually, Curzons is probably the nest, nicest non league pitch I've I've ever seen. Probably, I don't think there's there's many that I can uh, say is any. Yeah, uh, my dad was saying that the uh, the, the sort of three G. Uh, plastic pitches have come a long way from uh, yeah. from when Oldham and Luton were doing it in the eighties. Absolutely, absolutely, it's uh, really well uh, kept. However, it's kept, whatever it's made of, who knows? Um, okay, well, talking about preseason, well, let's let's identify a couple of the positive points. We we touched on Dakers Cogley. I think he's he's looked good. Will Forrester's another one. I think uh, has, has stood out in the first couple of games. I can see what he's going to bring. Very comfortable on the ball. 
and uh, seems to like bombing forward as well. I think if you looked at his heat map on Tuesday night, most of it would have been in the penalty area. Yeah, it will, and he took his goal well. And uh, yeah, he's, he's uh, I quite like you know, him and Randall Williams going down each. Uh, they look very positive going forward. Mm-hmm. I think uh, we said on the podcast just after the season that Randall Williams this season is probably going to be uh, doing similar things to what he did against Barnsley in the home playoff game when we got yeah. the goal, you know, getting to the byline and crossing. Uh, I'm sure Dacus uh, Cogley will be doing the same on the other side. And he, uh, he know uh, well, both of them have scored, so they both know how to finish. So maybe we won't miss Connor Bradley as much as, uh, <laughs> you know, as we think. But um, yeah, I think the, he looks good so far. Uh, probably still want a cover for him. Um, and again, we'll talk later on about our defensive issues at the moment and lack of bodies. So, uh, yeah, maybe another player to come in. But uh, on the whole, considering that we were, you know, looking at alternatives, or well, additions in that area, I think, uh, and, and if we were going to get Wilson, for example, it was going to be Dacus Cogley, it was going to be kind of his, his understudy or challenging him. Uh, I think he's done a very good job. Well, since you've introduced the idea of new signings, let's have a bit of transfer rumour, eh? This is the part of the show that, well, it's become a part of the show in, in the last few weeks since the transfer window opened, where Henry is a, is a Bolton Wanderers fan. You can address any of the little bits of tittle-tattle that are knocking around, and I'll try and answer as much as I can, as honestly as I can. Um, but uh, have you noticed anything around at the moment that uh, needs to be addressed? Yeah, I. so after George Johnson got injured, uh, a few sort of, a few names, or one in particular in, in defence has been mm. named. Uh, Jack Hunt, who was at Sheffield Wednesday last year. Mm. Um, is there anything in this? What do you think? Because I guess we are looking in that area now. Yeah, I mean, Jack Hunt, I think, primarily is a, is a right-sided player, isn't he? He's more of a, a right-back than a um, than a centre-half, I think. But I think he's... Uh, I, I don't think that's going to happen. He's a free agent. He's been released at Sheffield Wednesday. I think he's a cracking player. He's one of those players that I remember him at Huddersfield and, and certainly at Wednesday, uh, where, where I always think, yeah, do you know what? I, I, I would like to have you in the Bolton team. And all the way along, I've expected him to potentially do a bit better than he has or go a bit higher than he has. He's only ever kind of got to a championship level player, but um, or a generally championship level player. Uh, he's 32 now, I think. Jack Hunt, something. He's certainly in his 30s. I wonder whether he may have been one that they looked at earlier before Dacus Cogley and that the name has sort of lingered around. But Ian Everts said that he's moved on from free transfers, so that's probably a big hint. Um, and the other information that we've got at the minute is that he's looking towards the Championship and, and Premier League and waiting for players who 
want to play at that level. So at the minute, I, I, at the minute, I'd say it's one of those I, I would quite like to see him there because I think he's a very good player, but I'm not sure that that is a, a goer, if you will. Do you think that um, because it, I know he said that we've moved on from free uh, transfers? Yeah. Do you think though that with the injury to Johnston and Toll, who hopefully will be back for the new season, but you know, obviously isn't going to be match fit. Do you think that could lure him into that world again? Or uh, do you think that the, the club will, will just go as business as usual and what they wanted to do anyway? Well, I did ask that question um, of him the other night. And he basically said that that they wouldn't necessarily go for a like-for-like replacement for George, but more into a a midfielder that can drop into the defence, a lot like MJ Williams, you would say. Um, but I would suggest probably left-sided if uh, if we're, we're talking in the same realms as George Johnson. Um, a few people naturally just said, hey, are they going to look at Mbete again? Because you'd expect he's going to be available for Manchester City, knows the system, so there's a lot of, you know, it, it ticks a box in that in that scenario. He's trained with the players and knows the, the lie of the land. Um but just going off what Ian Everett said, um, it sounds like he's got his eye on somebody from a, a contracted player from above, uh, the leagues above, and that it will be a defender that can come in and, and play left side of defence, um, which is probably good news for Jack Iredale because he is a, a left-sided centre-half. I think that's probably where he now plays as the first-choice left-sided centre-half. And you've got somebody like Toll or somebody like Forrester that can that can play either side if need be. Um, but it probably puts a bit more onus now on Jack Iredale to make sure he's you know first-team ready and first-team form um, in pre-season as well. And, and, and probably reduces a bit of pressure on... Maybe a Declan John, for example, whereas it's him versus Randell on the left-hand side as opposed to him versus Randell and Jack Iredell. Yes, uh, you know, it, it, I forgot about Declan John the other night, actually. And, uh, you know, Declan John, is, he's a funny one, isn't he? Because he always gets to this point where people are like, I won't be surprised if he left. And then he always manages to get his way back into the team somehow. And uh, I mean, I like Declan John. I'd, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd love him to continue and get a... A big run in the team, and maybe this is his, his option, you know, his chance to do so. So, yeah, we've this is it. We've got we have got some players, and you know, I know as well. People are, uh, you know, are worrying about mm. uh, you know signings, and uh, uh, you know, we'll talk later on about the manager saying we've got to be patient as fans, and they're, they're working on stuff. But I think for me, when you look at the the squad we've got. Especially bearing in mind that the, the transfer window has got a, another month after the season starts to run anyway. If you look at the players we've got right now, can those players play in a team that will beat Lincoln, uh, Cheltenham, Fleetwood, Wigan and Burton and Barrow in the Cup? Yes, they can. So I think that's for me, that's why I'm not worried uh, with the players we've got now, worried about getting players in before the new season because those that squad can win all of those games. If we were playing derbies and Portsmouth, maybe you look and go, okay, we might have a difficult start here. But these players are good enough to do that. They proved that last year. So uh, I don't think there's, you know, I, I think especially in defence, we have got players who can play in a squad who will who will beat those teams. So um, 
you know, yeah, I think there is a bit of patching up to do, and uh, this leads us on to our next our next transfer, which is about MJ Williams. Maybe you know you could have thought, well, could he have dropped into the defence again like he did last year? Uh, but he won't be doing because he's gone to MK Don. So uh, this was uh, this was a uh, kind of leaked on Monday night, announced on Tuesday. What what what's the story of this one? Yeah, I think it's more to do with the security of the contract. A bit like Will Ameson, that Bolton, that the year that uh, MJ Williams got, the extra year that MJ Williams got, was triggered literally on the last day of the season when he played against Bristol Rovers. And you may be reading to that, that, that Bolton might have thought, again, about giving him an extra year, had it not happened had had circumstances been different and say Santos or Toll or whatever have been in the team and, and and MJ might not have made that appearance so I think MJ knew that potentially you know he, he was looking at a, a deal elsewhere regardless um, I think there's a little bit of concern about Bolton having got a midfielder like him I think George Thomason's becoming that player but maybe not quite there yet Um and he, you know, obviously he's, he's able to play centre half, so I can understand a bit of the kind of nervousness that's that's crept in around Bolton support when when they've seen this deal go off at a time where we're still waiting for, you know, signings to be made. But I think it was very much MK have got a, a policy about not releasing any details on contracts or fees, which is hyper annoying. Uh, I understand it was a, a fairly nominal fee; it wasn't anything that's going to. Uh, break the bank and that it was at least a two-year deal they've been handing out two-year deals almost exclusively this summer so i think that's we can take it as red as, as that's the situation for, for mj um gives him a chance to go do what he did for bolton play in league uh two and, and to, to try and get a team promoted and um, i mean i spoke to toby Locke from the mk citizen earlier in the week um here's a little bit about what he can probably expect at mk I mean, there has been a, a huge turnover there, hasn't there? I mean, if you look at the squad that finished third the season before last and, and you know, came up against Bolton, you would have been tipping them for promotion all day long the way they were playing at that point in time. It's, it's, there's not a great deal of it left, is there? No, not really. Not at all. Um, it, it was almost like, you know, missing out on, on promotion, mm. ripped the guts out of the side. And um, it happens to plenty of teams, but I don't think many teams suffer quite as badly as Don's do, uh, Don's did and mm. get, fall out the trap door the other end. You know, everybody was expecting to be leaving League One through the right door, not the wrong one. Um, and it's been a, a huge wake-up call to everybody involved that they can't afford to do such a massive transition as they did last summer. It just doesn't work. And it just set the club, it set the club back three, four, five years maybe because it's just, it's, it's had to be a hard reset. You know, everything mm. about the place has now had to change again. Um, the mentality behind the scenes has had to change that you can't just expect to, to, to sign players and for them to immediately be, you know, gold dust. You can't gamble on, on certain players. You have to have proven quality. And, you know, that's that's not what they did last summer. They didn't go out and buy guaranteed quality. They went out and thought this guy could be a diamond in the rough. And they ended up with an awful lot of pebbles more so than diamonds. What about you? Are you going to miss MJ? Uh, yeah, I think it's the right time for him to go. Um, you know, I think he came in 
halfway through that League Two season uh, and was, I mean, what a transfer window that was and it did mm. transform our fortunes and he, so he'll be well thought of. He, just like with Kachunga, he's, uh, he was, he received a lot of good luck messages from the fans on social media. Um, I think towards the end of his time, well, maybe not the very end because people uh, acknowledged how well he played in those last five or six games of a season. But I think before that, he was a bit of a, de- a decisive, uh, you know, a figure in the uh, in the squad. A, a few ple- people were, uh, you know, saying he, he doesn't suit us or we, we, we play differently with him and, and others defending him. So I think uh, it's nice that he leaves on the back of a bit of a high. It's nice he leaves with the fans uh, giving him nice messages. Um but, uh, yeah, it was probably right for him to go. I think he's got a great deal at MK. He's going to go into a side wanting to win promotion. Um, and even though I do think he's a good... He's a League One player. I think he's better than League Two. But he's he's going into a promotion side. And, uh, yeah, I just feel that, you know, it's a, with a few of the players, you and we've said this before on the podcast, you look at who who's going to come up to the Championship with us if we get promoted. I don't think MJ would have been one of those players. He's not really played for us on a consistent basis in League One anyway. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's a great move for him. And, uh, and, yeah, good luck to him. Yeah, I'm with you. I think there's a few that had things gone differently at Barnsley or in the playoffs that maybe they would have thought twice about. But uh, one transfer that has popped up very recently, Rodrigo, going to Saudi Arabia, by the way. First uh, ex-Wanderer. Mm. That I've noticed disappear over there. He's uh, signing for very little money, by all accounts, from from Leeds going over there. But I bet he's earning a bit. Um, and also, did, did you see the story about Jordan Henderson potentially going over there four times his salary? Where do you where do you stand ethically on footballers going over there uh, and playing their football, Henry? If if um, if the Saudi Arabian buff were to contact us and say we'll give Henry four times the number of purple M&Ms that he demands for this podcast uh, would you do it in a heartbeat? Uh, well I mean my own personal view I'd rather them be going to MLS than uh, <laughs> than Saudi but uh, okay we've got Messi in the MLS um, but uh, no I think uh, I don't know I, I think it's yeah ethically you can you can look and you know is it the sports washing stuff and, and whatnot? but I think, uh, you know, footballers, uh, they're very wealthy people, but if, you know, if they can, if they can make it so their kids and their kids, these kids don't have to work ever again, then they, you can't blame them. It is what it is. It's the, uh, um, you know, I think I've seen a few people saying that we, you know, we should, it should be stopped. I, I, I think, no league has the divine right to be the best league in the world. The Premier League has been. It was Serie A before that and La Liga. So now it could end up being the Saudi League. So the Saudi League could end up being the best league in the world in 20 years or it could end up like the Chinese Super League and we never hear about it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't blame these players for going over and and playing in that league. I, I, you know, they'll get to live like kings for a few years and um, I... I you see these players going over. I don't think many of them are going to stick around. You know, no. like Messi in Miami, you could see him living there for the rest of his life. Whereas I don't think these players will live in Saudi Arabia for the rest of this their life. So if you can, 
yeah, if you can go over for two years, earn a, a shed load of cash, and then come back, then you know it is what it is, I guess. Just like it was in China, it will be. Uh, this is my forecast. It'll be exactly the same. So you could go over a few years ago to the Chinese Super League and make an absolute packet, but realistically, the standard of that league was dreadful. And as any professional with standards can't really play there long term because it's just not good enough. It's just not good enough and you'd get bored. Culturally, there is also that big thing that it's difficult. Now, I understand that you know players spend a lot of time in Dubai, for example, which isn't a million miles away, but... I think living as a you know in a Saudi club, it would it would not be easy for a lot, certainly for for English players. Um, however much you're earning, <laughs> I think it, it just the cultural aspect of it, um, as it was in China, as it turned out to be in China, um, becomes a little bit too difficult. And unless that league is going to start doing as MLS have done a decent job of doing now. They're starting to generate players and, and churn players, and, and the standard doesn't necessarily go top down. It comes bottom up, and so if if the you know, the majority of your players, the the the, build, the base of the pyramid, are better standard, then it becomes a better league, and that's when you can start attracting players who don't see it as just being a complete mercenary mission. For me, um, at the minute. I, I can't see the Saudi League um, necessarily having any longevity, but we shall see. You know, who knows? Um, you know, if if there are any uh, Saudi podcast uh, platforms out there that uh, fancy um, <laughs> fancy making us a financial offer, then maybe <laughs> we'll, we'll test my metal. Uh, but uh, for now, let's talk about things that are really happening, and that's headlines. <laughs> Yes, we have written some headlines in the Bolton News this week, I assure you, I assure you, uh, and uh, Henry's picked out some of the best ones, so uh, fire away, Henry. Yeah, unfortunately, the Saudi investment fund sponsoring the buff isn't one this week, but, uh, <laughs> you know, um, but uh, we've we've mentioned it earlier on in this podcast, and it's uh, one place to start, it's George Johnson, he's been ruled out for the season, yeah. uh, very sad, Um the cynic in me thought, well, he's going to sign his contract now, isn't he? <laughs> uh, and the the Rex and rumours will go away. But um, but no, I think it's uh, yeah, it was you know first game of preseason as well. It's it's very disappointing, isn't it? Uh, hugely disappointing. Ten minutes in, how's your luck? I mean, we spoke a little bit about the, the the weather conditions and the fact that the pitch had dried up at exactly the wrong time for George. Desperately unlucky because. God, we said loads of times on here, haven't we? I, I genuinely think he's one of the biggest assets that Bolton had. Um, and I think he rightly probably wants to make sure that the next move for him is 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 the right one. And so the, the contract uh, situation was being discussed between himself and, and the, the club. Hopefully, um, hopefully that works out in the club's favour now and that obviously... He can he can sign that and get him get him through his rehab and get him back to to the play, place where he was uh, uh, at the end of last season. So hopefully that works out in Bolton's favour. Um, but first things first, he's got to get himself absolutely right, and uh, I'm sure the club will support him on that. And I'm, I definitely think the Bolton fans will support him with that because he's become quite a a popular player. I think from 
when he got that player, a young player of the year award, I felt there was still a, a few people potentially needed to be convinced of him. But I think last season he did a lot of that, and I think his bravery has endeared himself to the the Bolton fans. I think that that's a, that's a trait that I think Bolton fans pick up on straight away. If you, if you are giving absolutely everything you've got to to a cause, they identify quite quickly with that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, you know he's he's really come on, and and uh, I think he is a, an unsung hero of the team. You know, you look at each. You know, you look in defence and it's everyone, rightly so, he's a very good player, but looks at Santos. Whereas Johnson, you know, until now he was very reliable. Um, and he, he would put in a, a good seven, seven and a half performance at the very minimum each week. So, uh, yeah, he's going to be a big miss for us. I hope he comes back um, and, he, you know, with the same form as what he's shown before. Because as you said there, he's he's got the potential to become a top player. It's, it's no coincidence that out of all of the players we've got, even more than Santos, you've never really seen Santos linked with anyone, whereas Johnston seems to be linked with championship clubs all the time. So, mm. uh, and Wrexham, and who, even though they're in League 2, have a budget of a championship club. So, uh, yeah, very disappointing. And uh, we can put this under the uh, Dennis Politics and Lee Ch- Chung Youngs of this yeah. world with the yeah. injuries in pre-season. Yeah, somebody mentioned I should stop going to pre-season games because uh, <laughs> I seem to uh, be reporting on these things every season. But I've been doing it a long time. <laughs> I really have. Yeah, I've, I've seen plenty of uh, plenty of injuries in season and out of season, and uh, uh, yeah, it's never never a pleasant thing to report on. Uh, give us another cheerier headline with a bit of luck. Uh, yeah, well, there's better news than Owen Toll. Is yeah. uh, we were worried that because uh, I, I know the manager has said I think after the Bamber Bridge game that Toll had it kind of been given injections to get him to the through the end of the season uh, after the injury he picked up through that challenge in the final, um, and he's you know he's he's now trying to do his recovery from that challenge. So uh, yeah, hopefully he can be in for the, the start of the season. Probably won't be fit enough to to play 90 minutes but you'd hope by the end of August he should be back in the the first team yeah I mean it depends what time he joins in I I don't foresee him starting Chester on Saturday but the three games after that Salford and uh, Everton and West Brom so uh, you know it would be nice to think he could get 45 60 minutes in those friendlies and and build himself up towards the start of next season I think it's important they get to the bottom of the injury because the last thing he needs is that to be hanging over his head and for there always to be a doubt over the ankle. Obviously, there was a a real reason for for pushing him back at the end of last season because Bolton were were short on defenders and, you know, it was the playoffs. It was important. It was extremely important and he's obviously pushed his body to to the absolute limit there. But... Pre-season training with Northern Ireland picked up the injury again or it flared up again. Damage to the ligaments is still there. So Sam Cosgrove definitely has got a lot to answer for, by the way. Um, I know Bolton, uh, Bolton are in the market for a, a midfield uh, enforcer and, and I just hope that they don't ever think about that fella because uh, there'll be some, uh, some harsh looks from these quarters. Um, yeah, I, I think... 
yeah, I, I think it's better news now. I think it looks like his injuries has, has calmed down. The inje- the new set of injections that they give him um, have kind of calmed things down to the degree that he might be able to start training soon. So, fingers crossed. I mean, they did have six centre backs. They had they had covered, didn't they? So, they've legislated for this worst case scenario. And as I mentioned before, I think they're looking for a midfielder that can drop in as well. So, I don't think they'll be short on options. No, me neither. I think uh, it's like I said before. You know, we've, we've. I think we've got a squad at the moment that can win all of our first six games. Uh, going after that and having the longevity for a season, I'm not too sure. Uh, but yeah, at the moment, you want to start the season thinking: Have you got a team that can win these games? And I think we do. And uh, we've got the players that can step in, like MJ did at the end of last season. He can step in. Mm. We've got a few players that can step in in that position. Um, so uh, so yeah so uh, I know but well I know this moves us on to our next headline another player who's looking to step in into the uh, first 11 for the start of the season is Kieran Sadlier um, he's performed well in my opinion in both of the uh, uh, both of the pre-season games he got the assist for the goal on Saturday um, can I, I mean he's come on as a, as a sub in both of those matches like an impact sub can he be more than that can he adapt to start games for Bolton mm. I mean we could basically have the same conversation we had 12 months ago I think we we were having this same same debate about Sadler as to where he fits in the team is he a right wing back I don't think so he's a he's a right sided player but in a 4-3-3 and Bolton is simply not playing that formation so I think it's really about whether or not he can be named in that 11 and for him to find some sort of niche now when we talk about Bolton playing the the formation they do the, the kind of three uh, three four one two um, or three four three, I, I, well, whatever I'm, I don't care about formations I've got to be truthful mm-hmm. board them but anyway um, yes it, the formation they play changes like the wind if you know you could do a you could do a match day blog simply on the change of shape during a game so I think it, it's it's pointless debating about uh, we should be shifting to this, uh, to this, to this, because if you started with a four-three-three, it would end up playing three-five-two or three-four-three, or or changing during a game anyway. It just does. That's the way it works. That's the kind of fluidity that Ian Everett likes to have with his team. Um, what he needs within that, if you are playing different roles in that team, is not only the creativity and the. Uh, the kind of on the ball skills that sadly clearly does have it's the defensive side and that is where it's very clear he is not sold that that sadly can do enough out of possession uh, for him to fit in and do all the jobs and play all the different shapes that he wants his team to play and that's that's a personal thing there's some players that don't that's just not their game they they want to play looking forward they want you know they want to be given the ball rather than win the ball or that kind of stuff and and you can't blame him for that he was he was signed at a time where Bolton were playing kind of more with wide men with Dapo as as well that's what his job was at that point in time it's not his fault in fact if i remember at the time he was talking about not wanting to play wing back for Rotherham because that wasn't his game um you know he's a good guy and i think he's an excellent player but it's just can he adapt I'm not sure he can. I'm not sure at this stage in the game you can just flick, flick a switch. But I'd love to love to be proved wrong because I think he's a, a hell of a player. 
Yeah, I think going forward, he's he's probably our best crosser of the ball in the team, and that that's it's funny, isn't it? How how teams change and the way that football's played has changed. You know, five or six years ago, you'd have he'd have been one of the first names on the team sheet. Now, you you look and think, well, how do you fit him in? And uh, you're the best crosser of the ball in the in the team doesn't get in the team. But uh, yeah, I think he's um, he, he has. He has shown that he's a good player, you know, and uh, ironically, when he came in, he made more of an impact than Dempsey did at the very start. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, can he move more central? Are you stifling what he's best at by making him more central? I don't know, but, um, you know, he's he had a good time at Leighton Orient, so he's proved that he is a good player and he's a good player at this level. Uh, but, yeah, it's what does he want? You know, I think... Would Bolton be happy keeping him as an impact player coming off the bench and just giving him something else? If we're chasing a game, yeah. then... Would he be happy with that? Is he, are you happy sat on the bench yeah. knowing you're going to get 15 minutes here and there? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. We could be happy with it, but is he going to be happy with it? You know, he can... If we're chasing a game, he can come on, play wing-back, but not have to defend as much because we're attacking. And I think as it showed against Fleetwood away last year, he, he can make that impact and get us the goals uh, with his assists. But yeah, I think uh, for him, I don't think he'd want that. And I think especially with the fact that he's later, I don't know if Leighton Orient are, are interested in bringing him back, but um, they're in our league now. So, mm. you know, they, they, they've got a bigger budget. So yeah, we, we'll have to wait and see. But I, I hope he can turn it around because I think he is a good player. But he, yeah, you've got to question does he want to do it as well you know he's not a 18 year old kid anymore he's is he a bit long in the tooth to be changing his game too much mm-hmm. no I'd, I'd i'd like to see it i'd like to see it. i just don't and i, I don't necessarily see Leighton Orient coming in it'd be interesting to see what happens with them whether they change they've got richie wellians in charge who plays quite a an expansive game himself but whether they change from having come up from league two and play slightly more defensively or they they change to well a bit more like Bolton effectively a bit more work off out of possession because they're no longer big guns in this league as they were down in League Two. So I think in the same way as we talked about Bolton, if they had got promotion last season or even if they get promotion this season, there's going to have to be a change of of philosophy because there's no way Bolton are going up and playing all out, you know, expansive attacking football against the team that's just dropped out of the Premier League will get picked off no problem at all. So I think you've always got to keep on tweaking and evolving your team. But uh, anyway, let's move on. Yeah, well, speaking of evolving the team, uh, we're on back on to transfers. And uh, Ian Everett has called for us all to be patient. He's looking at, uh, you know, signings from the Championship and the Premier League. And uh, they don't just happen overnight. It can take time. Where, because I guess in previous summers we've kind of, you know, Bolton have I've been looking at uh, free players and loan players uh, with the odd, you know, the odd signing here and there with, you know, for money. In fact, it's actually they've tended to come in January with Adibiejo and yeah. uh, and Charles and Dempsey. But where do you think Bolton was sort of? What is the transfer philosophy at the moment? Uh, is it just adding to players we've got with with? better players you know or is there because I, I we're in this sort of unknown and I think that's where fans are getting a bit impatient is that nobody's 
and there's not many rumours coming out. There's there's not an idea of, oh, we see it clearly going for that type of player. Mm. Uh, they're keeping it strong a bit, and I think that's where the impatience is coming from. Oh, well, I mean, it, it, the way that I look at it is is that they are looking now at, at bringing in Premier League slash Championship players who are under contract, who are obviously away on tours and doing the whole pre-season thing. If you're a Premier League or a, a top championship club, you're away with a squad of 30, 40 players and, and everybody's getting a game and blah, 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 blah. Um, or there are, there's another kind of strata of players that play both Premier League and the championship that want to play championship next season. And they've obviously had... I mean, I wonder whether somebody like Dabo, I know we talked about maybe moving on past three transfers, but f- let's use that as an example. And I know, you know, it's, it, that's moved on itself. But offers in the championship, Bolton will were always going to be kind of the second strata of offers, if you know what I mean. So it, you look at the championship clubs, do I want to stay in the championship? Who's, who's looking around? What sort of football do they play? Blah, 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 blah. If they don't like the look of that, then... Bolton needs to be at the top of that next queue. And that's where they are with a few players. Now, I, I think it's no secret to say that they're trying to strengthen midfield. They definitely are looking for a defensive-minded midfielder. And there's a look at, you know, maybe kind of more box-to-box types, somebody that's able to offer a bit more goals as well. So I, I forecast maybe two more midfielders coming in. Same as a right-back as well. I think there's scope there to, to bring in somebody else who's going to um, you know challenge stroke take that that right hand side I do like what I like to see Decker's Cogley actually I, I think he's got every chance but knowing that they've been in for Wilson makes you think yes definitely there'll be a right sided player coming in as well and I don't think you can write off the idea that they're going to bring in somebody who can link up midfield and attack or play as an attacker in the same way as uh, like Sharatiri or uh, Kachunga played, but hopefully, you know, with more goals than Kachia. Um, I think that's another one that they're looking for as well. So I still think they're in the market for three or four. I don't think there's any any doubt about that. Um, it's just basically waiting for their turn in, in, the, in the line. And, and we're not even just talking about there's only four players they're looking at. There's probably a dozen players of that ilk that they're just hoping they're going to be at the front of that queue at some stage or another. It's it's a it's a real waiting game for them. Yeah, and it's um, you know I think that's I, it's easy to to for people to be impatient and look and think well we're not you know you look at what Derby are doing for example uh, and they're signing loads of players we're going to fall behind them and there's the panic. Like I said before, Bolton have got a squad to win the first six games, so that's the the immediate uh, issue. So they've got, in effect, they've got an extra month to make these signings for the rest of the season. But, uh, you know, you you look at the players Derby have have brought in, including uh, Kane Wilson, Mm. which again is a different deal to what Bolton were bringing in. If, If they offloaded one of their players to Bristol City, then it kind of becomes a free transfer for Kane Wilson because they've already made the money back for him. Mm. So it's less of a... Whereas with Bolton, obviously, they'd, they'd found a few few issues, where, you know, wherever. If that goes wrong, 
then they've wasted the money and it's and there's pressure on to get replacements. Whereas for Derby, there's not much so. So it's different sort of. It's a different, you know, Bolton are, are, are shopping in one area. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bolton are looking at certain players. We're looking at you know additions to our squad. Where then you've got other players like Charlton signing Alfie May. They yeah, they've signed Alfie May, and we had this discussion they might the other get week. Darby on... as well. I mean, Dean, Dean Holden's had a cracking yeah. window, by the way. I think he, I think they've really strengthened. Yeah, they have, but they you know they had a, a worse squad than we did, so they need to strengthen in different in those areas. They need to bring in one or two uh, of those perceived top players at this level. You know, if, if we'd have had a transfer window where we'd brought in. I don't know, Dion Charles and Rico Santos, then everyone would be saying, oh, Bolton have had a great window, but we already have them. They're already our players. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think you're right there, Bolton. And it's, I, I, you know, for me, I would rather have two or three, another two or three signings come in, but they're top players from the, cha- you know, who for, at this level who have played in the championship and above, than bring in another six players just to appease the fans who are all sort of bottom half League One players. Mm. Yeah, no, it'd be interesting, and uh, I think Dabo, I used him as an example there because I know he had offers at the kind of lowest end of the championship, and then obviously ones in League One as well, and and you know Bolton were mentioned in there, but I wonder whether they have gone cold on Dabo because it's this kind of message of yeah, okay, free transfers have been and gone now. We're we're looking at these contracted players. It's a bit of a statement um, from Bolton, and. It suggests that they've got you know a pool of players in mind. Um, I I genuinely hope that they have got their eyes on players of a decent age that can be assets. You know that kind of thing, um, and you know it'd be nice not to be building a team on loan players because that's another thing. It doesn't look like it's going to be from the loan markets, and that's going to be different to last season because the cornerstone of everything last season was Trafford and Bradley. But they weren't ours. It was, you know, you know, shifting sums, whatever. Um, you're not supposed to build your house on. I can't remember what it is. Uh, Wigan, that's right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was, it was difficult because Traff and Bradley were always going to go back. I think they've they've sampled that now. I think they've they've tried that. I think they want to try and bring in players that are going to be set for a while now as well, which is interesting. Yeah, exactly. And it's like you said there with Trafford and Bradley, as great as they were, Trafford's going to be signing for Burnley for £15 million. We don't make any money from that. No. We've effectively put Trafford in a shop window for Manchester City, to, one of the richest clubs in the world, to make £15 million. You know, like, <laughs> that's that's how it is. So, yeah, as great as it is. And, and yeah, I'd still, I still think there is scope there to get those players in and they can make a difference. Uh, you know, if you, no one's going to say no to bringing in the next James Trafford and uh, Connor Bradley. So, uh, you know, those options. And again, they might have those options, but they ain't going to be done until uh, like the Premier League teams are only just going back. I know we've had like a seems like a month of Bolton players being back. Uh, they've been to Portugal and back in that time. The Premier League teams are only just coming back really now. So these uh, the the best play you know under twenty one players under twenty three players are going to be the the clubs want to have a look at them first. So Bolton, if we're going to make any loan signings, it won't be till August anyway. Mm. So you don't know you don't know. Bolton may have a few uh, 
you know, wrapped up and ready to go, but uh, it's they just can't have him yet. So, um, yeah, I, I think I'm pretty calm. I think uh, I we all want to see signings come in, but, you know, the alternative is what would you rather have? Would you rather have it like in, in a few years in the past where we sign in 12 new players each year and the overhaul of a team? Or would you rather have a stable team and you only bring it in five or six? That's a fair point. Should we have our final headline? Yeah, and it's about the bond. The club have announced that they have made four point five million, which I think was their aim about that much. So that's good. Um, I think it, it might have been more than their aim. Actually, I'm sure it changed between the press conference they had and then when the press release came out. But anyway, they've made four and a half million. It's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> so um, speaking of signings, and I know that the club have announced that the. Uh, you know, they, they, it's not just for signings. They're going to be making changes around the, the pitch. We're going to have two two new uh, TV screens and scoreboards at the stadium. Um, is there more pressure on Bolton now? I mean, they're always going to be pressured. We've lost in the playoffs, so people are wanting that bit more this year. But is there an expectation now that Bolton should be doing better because we've got this extra bit of money? Do you know what I, I really wish, and that's they didn't mention anything about players in that initial gambit about bringing, you know, raising the bond, because I think it has added, you know, whether it was deliberate or not, but it has added some pressure because I think anybody that invests in that or any any fan that's put their hand in their pocket for, for anything this summer, especially because of the number of season tickets they've sold as well. There's there's a lot more eyes on what's being spent and, and how it's being spent. And I think that's that's added to the kind of this whole feel of, of demand. You know, we need to be seen to be progressing. We need to be seen to sign players, etc. Um, so you can understand the kind of the skittishness at the moment, uh, at, at the moment, even though I'm still I'm still pretty chilled about it. I'm, I, I'm sure I'm confident that that uh, Chris Markham, and Everts, blah, 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 will will manage to, to get the players in they want. But in the wider world, Bolton have got a different view now because they've they've talked about they, go, they want to be automatic promotion. They want to spend money. They're in the good financial position. So, ergo, they're not in the bargain basement anymore. They're in a completely different league of transfers. And, you know, they're... There may well be a few agents out there thinking, right, well, you know, we'll hold on for an extra bit of cash out, Bolton, because it looks like they're minted. And, and then you start questioning, should they even said anything in the first place? Should this all be a surprise? Who knows? Um, maybe they've they've played their uh, their hand a bit early. But, um, I mean, it'll work out. It'll work out. I'm pretty confident of that. Um, you know, the, I'm confident of the people involved. But, you know, the, there is going to be pressure on it, no question. Uh I, I'm, I like the idea of the fact that they, they're investing in stuff that's going to make money for them, all the digital stuff around the, the ground, all the, the screens, the sponsorship hoardings. Um, you know, I like uh, hospitality refurbs and, and all that kind of stuff because that's not dead money then. You're not just saying, well, listen, here we go. You know, let's say on a, on a decorative statement or whatever, or a statue or a, a flipping, new, you know, new bit of concourse. It's it's stuff that's going to generate money down the road um, for them. And so that starts then making that money back. And yes, they've got money to pay down the line with this bond, but actually some of that money is being invested in stuff that's going to make money in between that period. So the, the debt will reduce, if you will. Um, I just wish they hadn't said anything about players. 
be honest, Henry, because I think they've made a noose for their own neck on that one. Yeah, it just takes uh, you know, it, it takes another club to see that and go, oh, Bolton have just received four point five million, so we're going to put an extra few thousand. There. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think. Yeah, I, I I kind of agree with you. You know, with that, as exciting as it is for a fan to think, oh, we've got money to spend. I, I think it can come back to bite them, um, especially if we don't end up getting the players we uh, we wanted. Then the fans are going to go, well, we've we've invested, or some of them have invested towards this money. Where's it going? Because uh, this is it. Is that as no one. I think on the whole, no one sees that, um, you know, these these things cost money getting their new uh, screens for the stadium and new advertisement boards and, and better Wi-Fi, whatever it is. It does cost money and that's where it's going to. Most fans look and go, well, you said we've got four and a half million to spend it on players. So, uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, I th- I, you know, I, th- I think we'll have to wait and see. It's, it's hindsight is the, the great thing. You know, if we end up signing a player before... Uh, September for a million pound, and uh, uh, the, uh, the you know the the money has gone to that, and everyone will be happy and go, and it, they end up scoring thirty goals, and it's it's all hunky dory, then great. But uh, if it doesn't happen, then as nice as it will be to have TV screens and, and better, and the stadiums look better, uh, people will be wondering where the money's gone. Yeah, it's always going to create that debate. But, uh, OK, let's move on with the show. I caught up with Will Forrester at Curzon Ashton the other night and uh, talked about what we've discussed in the show. It's been a changing landscape for him since he turned up at Bolton because he came into a group of six and halves and that number has reduced a little bit. He might have a bit more of uh, an opportunity earlier than he thought. This is what he had to say. Well, you come to Bolton and... and initially one of six centre-halves but unfortunately the way football works you're now one of four fit centre-halves obviously that presents a good opportunity for you now to, to put down maybe an earlier market than you got first time yeah exactly you know it's obviously football and the world we live in it's cruel mm. sometimes with the injury that's happened mm. obviously no one wishes that on anyone but you know sometimes it creates opportunities for other players and mm-hmm. hopefully now I've, I can get a good pre-season in my belt and give the gaffer some thoughts for the first game of the season yeah I mean people maybe look at these games as a training session or you know doubt the seriousness of them but actually you know it's it's, a, it's an opportunity it's almost like a trial for you guys to get into that first team of the season isn't it yeah exactly it's every game you've got to treat every game as your last I always like to think so I think it's important that everyone gives their all and tries to play as well as they possibly can to like I said before give the gaffer some food for thought you know it's, it's a good thing him having a lot of options and obviously having not so many options so yeah I think these games are enjoyable and it's good to get the minutes and what we need out of it he does have that opportunity now doesn't he he's got that that chance that uh, that may not have been immediate uh, when he when he turned up but I, I think he's he's looked pretty decent in the friendlies yeah I thought he did the other night um, composure on the ball as like I said he, he had 10 seconds to himself for a bit <laughs> but uh, yeah he's, he looks a good prospect I think I could sense I know a few Port Vale fans kind of said yeah, he's got a mistake in him, but he's a good player. I can kind of sense that, and I'm sure that'll go out of his game working with us. But uh, but no, he's got a great opportunity. Uh, the club clearly 
uh, have invested in him for three years. They believe that he can be a, a top player for us or we can sell him on for a, a profit. Um, so, yeah, it's, I, you know, it's, I'm looking forward to seeing how he does. I'm looking forward to seeing how he fits into our, you know, our, our defence, which for me, I think when you look at the players we've got, he's starting to look quite solid. Um, you know, we could, we obviously need another player or two with the injuries, but I think on paper, when you look at our, our defence, it's, uh, it's looking quite good. So, um, you know, the aim is obviously to, to be as tight as at the back as, as we were last year. Uh, along, you know, along with scoring more goals, and uh, I, I fancy us to be. I think I'm, I'm quite happy in that area. Yeah, well, we'll be uh, addressing those pre-season uh, predictions very soon. I shall be having a word with you off air about that one, Henry, because we're going to have to uh, we're going to have to make some plans for that one. Um, right, I haven't got time this week to be able to fit your emails in, but I promise you, I will bring them uh, uh, back next week, just in case you've got anything. Uh, that you want to get off your chest or there's been any issues raised in this podcast that you fancy having a chat about this is how to get in touch so you want to bring something up on the buff email mark and henry on the buff mail at gmail.com that's t-h-e-b-u-f-f-m-a-i-l all one word at gmail.com and Sorry to the male escort who probably getting some unsolicited Bolton Wanderers correspondence from the people who spell that incorrectly. But for now, I believe we'll be bringing this episode of the Buff to a close. Henry, are you going to uh, to Chester at the weekend for the third friendly? Uh, I won't be. No, I'll be saving myself for Salford, and that's not because it's five minutes down the road for me. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll I'll leave Chester to you, Mark. A lovely city, though. So I, uh, I'm I'm quite jealous, actually. It should be a, a nice day for the Bolton fans going over. You say that, but it's also Chester races. So I will put this warning out there for people heading to Chester. It's going to be carnage. <laughs> so it's not going to be the beautiful walled city or uh, you know a lovely stroll round. It's going to be a lot of guys in uh, Ben Sherman shirts uh, peeing up against walls and carrying <laughs> cans of John Smiths. That's what it's going to be. But um, yes, race day in Chester makes the city into a very different place. I'm afraid. Um, yeah. I will. But, but we go on. it is our. It's our international friendly uh, that we're after because famously true. half the half the ground is in Wales. That is true, actually. Yeah. So the uh, the prediction early, from earlier in the season, this is the European friendly. Yeah, and they're in the they're in the top league of the northern section of the national league. So yeah, that's very <laughs> correct. It all worked out well in the end, didn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, we'll be back next week with a normal edition of the buff. The prediction buff will also be coming up very soon before the start of the regular season where me and Henry put our necks on the line and predict exactly what's going to be going on in League One um, and then replay it 12 months down the line to see just how terribly we did. Actually, you did well this year, didn't you? I did. I, did. I, predicted, the, I, predicted, I predicted the playoffs in the right order as well. Yeah, 
That's crazy. That's crazy. Well, you have to get your crystal ball out again. That's going to happen soon. Also, uh, there will be a new episode of uh, Stop Press Bolton Wanderers in the 90s out pretty soon as well. All about John McGinley's penalty, Preston North End, 1993 and all that. That is great fun. I've been really enjoying putting those ones together as well. Um, So tune into the buff again next Friday. Until that point in time, I've been Mark. Just checking my emails for more parents asking me to unblock their son's Twitter account, Isles. And I've been Henry emailing Mark to ask him to start to unblock me off Twitter. Hewitt. And this has been the blocking buff. <laughs> See you later. <laughs>